Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Three Ball. I am your host, Samuel, or Sam, and in today's podcast, I am going to be doing the San Antonio Spurs off-season guide. If y'all missed the first off-season guide I did, it was the Detroit Pistons. We're going for the lottery teams. We're going in order from worst record to best record. Then once we get to the playoffs, we're going based on the time they got eliminated. And I know as I'm recording these that playoff series are going on, I'll have more longer, dedicated podcast to address all that's happening in the playoffs because it's kind of crazy. Jamal Murray last night, pretty crazy. But as I said today, we are going to be talking about the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, the, the obvious thing with the Spurs, as we all know, they won the draft lottery. So I did talk about them a little bit when, when I talked about the draft lottery and Victor and all those implications that adding a generational prospect like Victor Wimbanyama could have for this team. But let's go ahead and start talking about the roster. We're going to start with some of the logistical stuff. So for those of you watching this podcast on YouTube, there is going to be a graphic on your screen of like a spreadsheet. For everyone else who's just listening, I will explain it for you. So the first thing we have on the list is the depth chart with all of the players' different contracts. So at the point guard position, we have Trey Jones, who is a restricted free agent this offseason. Behind Trey Jones, you got Devontae Graham, who has two years left on his contract. Behind him is Blake Wesley, who has three years left, but two of those are with a team option, and after that, he's a restricted free agent. Even behind him at point guard is Malachi Branham, who has the same thing as Wesley. Three years left, two team options, and a restricted free agency period after that. Starting at the shooting guard, we have Devin Vassell, who has one year, and then he'll become a restricted free agent. Behind Vassell is Branham, we already talked about him. Behind Branham is Langford, who is also a restricted free agent this offseason. Behind Langford is Wesley. And then at the starting small four position, we have Keldon Johnson, who has four years on his contract. Behind Johnson is Doug McDermott, who has one year. Behind him is Langford. At the starting power forward, you have Jeremy Sohan, who has three years left, two of those team options, and after that, he's an RFA. Behind Sohan, you have Keita Bates-Diop, who is a pending free agent. Behind Bates-Diop is McDermott. Behind McDermott is Zach Collins, who has one year left until he's a free agent. And Collins is actually starting at center. Behind Collins at center is Sandro Mamu. I'm I'm, I'm just going to leave it at Mamu because that's the easiest way to pronounce it. He's a pending free agent, but he's a restricted free agent. Behind Mamu is Charles Bassey, who has three years left. Gorky Zhang is a pending free agent, and behind him is Kim Birch, who has one year left. I don't think he played any game for this team, though, but he technically is on the roster, so there's that. But this team, they have a lot of free agents. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll see what, I'll, I'll get to advice on what they need to do with them and all that type of stuff. And for those of you who do not know, the years remaining is, is starting next year. So like Kelton Johnson, he has four years left. So next year will be the first of those four years. That's the easiest way I can put it. Now, as for the Spurs salary cap breakdown, if they let all of their free agents go and don't sign anybody, accept all options, this is what their salary table will look like. Kelton Johnson will make $20 million. Doug McDermott will make 14 Devontae Graham will make 12 Zach Collins will make 8 Kim Birch will make 7 Devin Vassell will make 6 Jeremy Sohan will make 5 Malachi Branham Blake Wesley and Charles Bassey will all make three for a total of $81 million on the books for the San Antonio Spurs. 
And with the projected salary cap being at $134 million, this will leave the Spurs with $53 million in projected cap room and $81 million in, proje- in projected luxury tax room. Now, this does not take into account the first overall pick, who usually makes in the range of, I want to say, like $8 million their first year, and that goes up to like 12 or something by the end of the contract. So they'll probably have like 45, and then they got to re-sign guys. So in reality, the cap room I would expect to be a more 30 to 35 range, but we'll wait and see what the Spurs have in store there. Now it's the first round picks. So obviously the Spurs have their own this year. They have their own next year, along with a Charlotte lottery, lottery protected pick. And if that pick is not conveyed, it will be lottery protected in 2025 as well. So it's Lottery protected for Charlotte in 24 and 25. After that, it becomes probably some second-round picks. And then you have a 2024 pick from Toronto that is top six protected. That came from the Jakob Pertl trade. They had their own pick in 2025. They also have the Atlanta Hawks pick in 2025 from the DeJounte Murray trade. They have a top 10 protected Chicago Bulls pick in 2025. That, if it's not conveyed, will be top eight protected in 2026 and 2027, and this is from the DeMar DeRozan sign and trade, and in 2026, the Spurs have their own pick, yeah, they have their own pick, they have the best swap with Atlanta, so if Atlanta's worse than them, they can take the, the Hawks pick, in 2027, they have their own pick, they have the Atlanta pick, in 2028, they have their own pick, that's a swap with the swap with the Celtics, so if the Celtics are worse, they can take that pick instead, that came from the Derek White trade, and then in 2029, they have their own draft pick. So they have all their own picks, a ton of picks from other teams. As far as first-round pick capital goes, they are perfectly fine. The Spurs are chilling in that aspect. And that's mo- most of the logistics stuff that comes with the San Antonio Spurs roster. And we'll see how they fit some of the new guys in to this depth chart, to their salary table, what they do with some of these first-round picks. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the future. But let's go ahead and get to the actual players on the team and what they should do this offseason. And when the when the draft lottery happened, the Spurs, I mean, they won the prize of the offseason, right? They got Victor Wimbanyama, who looks to be the greatest prospect since arguably LeBron James. The only guy I can remember this hyped up in my lifetime was Zion Williamson, but I don't even think Zion had the type of, you know, all the, all the stuff around him that Victor does. I mean, Victor has all these expectations, which is really, really hard for a young kid from France coming to America. It'll be tough for him, but I'm sure he'll live up to it. I think he's going to be a great player. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. But in that sense, by getting Victor, the Spurs... N- I mean, the the offseason is already sort of quote-unquote won, but that is not going to break or break your offseason because this rest the rest of the roster is is definitely lackluster. I mean, they won 2020—I said 2022—they won 22 games this season, which for me was kind of impressive. I thought this roster was honestly the worst in the NBA, and that was when they had Jakob Pearl too, and now they don't have him anymore. And I mean, Devin Vassell was injured for part of the year too, so I don't I don't know how they got 22. It might be my my argument is Greg Popovich, but they ended up getting 22, which I mean that's not good. But like I said, for my expectations, it's not that bad. 
But some some good things from this year, Kelton Johnson, he looked really, really good with his increased role. I mean, what he averaged this year, he averaged 22 points and 5 rebounds, and he played uh, 33 minutes a game. He shot the ball 45% of the field, which isn't bad. He did pretty, pretty good this season, and that's what you want out of your best player because that was what Kelton Johnson was. He was their best player this this uh, this year, and he did pretty good in it. But the the difficult thing to judge is was his season that good, considering that he was literally given all of the offensive reins on a on a bad team. Like the best player on a bad team is obviously going to. I mean, so, someone has to score points. Okay, someone has to score points. Someone has to get up shots. Someone has to fill these stats. So is is that? just Kelton Johnson's role, just the stat stuffer on a bad team, or is he actually a good contributor? Is he just, is he, you know, a, a high-quality NBA player? It's sort of tough to judge. It's it's tough to judge because he really hadn't developed, you know, entirely until this year. He, he had shown some good signs, but this year he really, I mean, he really did kind of break out, which is good. I mean, and he's a, he's a, he's a young enough player where you can just can continue to work with him, continue to develop him. He's only 23 years old. He's far from his prime. You can get him to be developed. And if you invest in him, I think if you invest in Kelton Johnson, he could become a long-term piece that you pair alongside a guy like Victor Wimbanyama. Because if Victor is as good as people say he is, say he might be, he won't need a ton of help. He'll just need a decent amount of it. And, I, and Kelton Johnson, I think, could provide that in at least a you know, I don't think he would provide us too much, too much assistance. He would, it would definitely be limited, but I think that, like I said, if Victor is that good, I think Kelton Johnson would be sufficient enough help-wise. I mean, there'd there be some other pieces too, but I think Kelton Johnson as a number two role on a team with Victor Wembanyama would not, not necessarily be terrible. And you, and Devin Vassell is sort of in the same boat. I mean, he had a really good year this season. He averaged 18.5, four rebounds, three and a half assists, and he shot the ball 30, basically 39% from three. Pretty, pretty solid. The only problem is he only played 38 games, so you want that to increase because he's been really, really good in his what two years, three years. But has Devin Vassell been the like three years? I think he has. He was really, really good this year. He's sort, of, he's sort of starting to break out. I think he he could even pass Kelton Johnson as the best player on this team. N- maybe not next year because Victor's coming in, but maybe as the number two guy, I think he could pass Kelton Johnson in terms of better players on that roster. He played really really well this year. He's also up for a contract extension this off season, and I I think it'll be really nice for San Antonio to just get that done with, get Devin Vassell locked up. I think he's a piece that you consider to be pretty important in your rebuild. I think that it'll be nice to just get him locked up on a... I mean, what would Devin Vassell's value be? It, I don't know. It's at least $15 million, I can tell you that. I don't know if it's more than 20 It's probably right around $20 million. That will be my value. I mean, Kelvin Johnson's making $20 million. I think Devin Vassell would get a similar type of contract. I think $20 million would be a fair extension for both sides. Maybe even a little bit more. That, that That's what I'm thinking for Devin Vassell. Like I said, it'd be nice if San Antonio could just work that out now, not have to worry about that next offseason, and they can sort of have an easier offseason with the only guys being free agents being some of the older guys that you maybe aren't as invested in as some of these some of these younger pieces. 
Another guy who needs to get a new contract is Trey Jones. I mean, he did he did fine in the starting role this year. He did, really did fine. He averaged 13, about 6.5. He did he did not do bad. Shooting splits, I mean, three-point percentage isn't great. He shot, what, 28, 28.5%. Not ideal, but that's okay. I think that oh, one offseason goal has to be re-signing him, bringing him back. He's a restricted free agent, so you can match any offer. But if teams are overpaying... I don't know if you're, like, wanting to re-sign him. He's, like, I'm just going to use $20 million. I don't think any team would offer him $20 million, but let's say some team does. You maybe don't want to match that, but you might have to because you think he's an important piece, especially since you're not going to get a point guard in this draft, maybe unless it's in the second round, or you trade up, or you make a different trade, you're not going to get a point guard. It's going to be Trey Jones. And he started this year. He has experience in this starting role. I think that it should be a priority to bring him back. I would I would think that $15 million will probably be his max. I mean, Tyus Jones, his brother, who's, I'm a Grizzlies fan, so yes, I'm going to bring it up. He's making either, I think he's making 12 or 15, one of those two. He's, he's, I don't think Trey Jones is better than Tyus. I don't think he should be making, I don't think he should be making as much money. But Trey Jones' his role is actually probably bigger than Tyus's. I mean, Tyus's might increase because of Josh stuff, but... I'm not going to talk about that, but Trey Jones is a starter, so he might need a little bit larger of a contract. I, I think that San Antonio has to make an effort and make it, like I said, a high priority to bring back Trey Jones as a restricted free agent. And then the center position was actually really, really weak for the Spurs after they traded Jakob Pertl, which is kind of perfect. They cleared it out perfectly for Victor. He's going to have a huge role, obviously. I think that the organization. I think that Pop's going to make sure that his development goes according to plan. And the best way to ensure that Victor does progress as you would want him to is to give him a lot of minutes. Is to just say, hey, you're the guy from day one. We are going to be invested in you. You are our leader. You got to come in and do it from day one as a rookie. And if they do that, I think his development is going to be as it should be. I mean, the San Antonio roster is very loose, right? I think the only long-term pieces you have are Devin Vassell and Kelton Johnson. I don't think you have any other guys you're like, at least right now, maybe Jeremy Sohan or slash Trey Jones. I think those are the two guys you're like, okay, it'll take a lot to trade for them, but other guys I think we'd be willing to. And, and some of these other guys are free agents this offseason. I've already mentioned Trey Jones, who should be the number one guy that you, you know, prioritize bringing back compared to the other guys who include Romeo Langford, Kate Bates Diop, Mamu, Mamu, and Gorky Jeng. I think that, I mean, those guys are all unrestricted. No, I think, no, he's, no, Romeo is a restricted free agent. Mamu's a restricted free agent, but Bates Diop and Gorky are not. And I'm, I'm honestly not sure if any of these guys will be re-signed. I mean, Mamu, who came over from Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee waved him, San Antonio signed him, I'm pretty sure. He looked good in his minutes. I mean, I mean, he's he played a position that there was really no one else in other than Zach Collins. But he averaged 11 and 7 rebounds in 23 minutes. He played 19 games, turned to 7 of them. But those are some pretty solid stats. I think he would probably be the guy that they would most want to bring back Romeo Langford. I think that experiment's likely over. I don't think he's going to get another significant NBA contract. He may get some sort of small offer. I don't know how exa how exactly restricted free agency works with qualifying offers and stuff like that. 
but I don't know how much Romeo Langford would want from the Spurs and how much the Spurs would be willing to give him. I don't think he's a player worth more than like six or seven million. I, I don't think how much he's making right now. I mean, he's making where is he? Romeo? If he's not on here right now, I don't I don't know what his first contract was. But I don't think he should be making more than like seven ish million. But if I mean if he is willing to accept a contract like that, I could see a world a world in which you do re-sign him. Caden Bates Diop did well. I mean he started a decent amount of games this year, forty two out of sixty seven that he played. Averaged about ten. Pretty good stats. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back, since I don't know what his, you know, league-wide value would be. And then Gorgie Zhang, the only reason why you would bring him back is to be a mentor for a guy like Victor as another foreign player. That might that might not be a bad idea. It, it really might not be, but I think but I think when you have Greg Popovich, who's done this countless times, Gorgie Zhang, unless you really, really want him to be a mentor... It's not completely necessary because you do have that legendary coach in Greg Popovich who can sort of make up for the lack of a player mentor because he's done it with so many other guys. I mean, and also in free agency, this team, how they have plenty of cap room. They have plenty of cap room so they can pursue free agents if they want to, which may not be a bad idea considering that Vassell's contract, you're, it's not going to kick in until next year. So that might this year may not be a bad idea to start working on getting extra guys onto the team since I think that Victor Wimbanyama is going to make you good immediately. I think that, um, I think you should go get free agents. I don't know how many, I don't know of what caliber, but I do think that this team should go out and get some free agents. I mean, and, and with this money, they can even try to go get some younger, restricted free agent type of pieces. They can try to outbid some other teams, and even if you don't win, you make other teams pay players a lot, so <laughs> you either win or you screw other teams over. So that it may not be a bad idea to do that. And then there is one worry with the Spurs getting Victor. I talked about this in the first one, first podcast that I did. The The worry about them getting Victor is, I mean, he seems like a generational talent, right? He's going to be incredible. But would the Spurs be getting their superstar too early into their rebuild? That's a legitimate question, I think. Because we've seen teams like the Dallas Mavericks, right? They get their superstar early on in the rebuild period, and it kind of backfires on them since the rest of the team isn't where it should be when you get your superstar. So you're not able to draft some really good second options or some really good surrounding role players and edge pieces. You're not really able to draft those guys because you only had one year of rebuilding, and boom, you get Luka Doncic. Or you're bad for a while, but you don't hit on any of your draft picks, and you finally hit on one. But none of the other players you have are any good. I mean, like the 2003 Cleveland Cavaliers, right? They got LeBron James. They weren't a good. They weren't a very good basketball team. Sure, they eventually made the finals, but LeBron left. LeBron left after his seven years were up. I think it was seven. Yeah, LeBron left after his second contract was up, and you don't want that happening with Victor because he he probably wouldn't have the loyalty to San Antonio that LeBron would have to Cleveland. So you gotta. Be careful how you build this roster and make sure to keep Victor happy, to keep this team in a situation where it's going to be a, a really solid team around him because I don't know how, mo- how many more years are going to be in the draft lottery. I don't think it's going to be more than one or two. I don't think you're going to have one, one more than one or two more years in the draft lottery. And this year I expect you to have the eighth through, uh, I, th- I think the highest pick or the lowest pick? I, I don't know. I think the hi- I think it's highest. I don't think they'd be any any higher than 8. 
next year. That's just a early prediction. Early prediction. It's really early, but that's just what I think. So, I mean, if uh, I'm expecting them to, but if the Spurs do draft Victor, I doubt their team is going to be anything close in any time in the near future to championship potential. Since, like I said, the only young players that I think you have locked in place are Kelton Johnson, Dem Vassell, and maybe Jeremy Sohan and or Trey Jones. It just depends on what this team is thinking, you know, management-wise, what they're thinking player-wise. It'll be interesting to see what they do to build a roster around Victor. They have a ton of first-round picks. If they want to go trade, they don't have to now. If they want to go trade, they can do that. I mean, and if they were to get another player, you know, they could... I mean, if they were to draft another player, I mean, I don't think you would, but you would have another another year, a few years of rebuild. You get some other guys... I don't I don't think that they would draft another player in this draft. But if you do, who's maybe not quite as good as Victor, maybe not as now of a win-now player as Victor, cause I think he's a win-now player. Just the way he plays, I don't think he's going to be a player who loses a ton of games. That's just, I mean, the Spurs are probably going to lose the majority of their games, but I don't think Victor's going to go 22-60, and 60, personally. So if you, if you were to draft another player, I don't advise it. You would get a second or third option, maybe, down the line. I don't know. I'm just rambling here, but, yeah. And then, um, personally, I would love to I'm, I'm, I would love to see Victor drafted here. Like I said, I'm, I'm not, you can't be 100% ever. I'm 99.9% sure that the Spurs aren't going to be drafting Victor. Like I said, if, if they don't, you're going to get another really good player. Maybe not as win now. Maybe you can get some other guys. Don't know why you would do that, though. But if you do draft Victor, he's going to be... Under the, like I said, the head coaching of Greg Popovich, which is going to be perfect for him. Pop has already coached Tony Parker, a French guy. He's coached some other number one overall picks, such as David Robinson, such as Tim Duncan, both of whom are incredible in their own, in their own rights. So I think that the Greg Popovich is going to maximize Victor Wembanyama's potential. I think that's a great, great pickup for the Spurs, considering their head coach. I think that they honestly couldn't have gotten a better first overall pick, honestly. I mean, like, you could have had Cade Cunningham in 2021, Paulo Bencaro. I think that Victor Wimbenyama, not only is he projecting to be the best player out of any of those guys, just fit-wise with Greg Popovich, I think that that is going to be even better for him. I think coaching-wise, you couldn't have asked for a better place. You could not have asked for a better place to start. And I think if you're... Think of your victor, you're gonna be happy. I think you're happy. Um, let's let's move on to some rookies from this past season. Jeremy Sohan, he looks good. He looked very good this year, even scoring wise. He was not advertised as a scorer coming out of Baylor. He averaged 11 and five this year. His, his three point shooting's pretty trash, about 24 and a half percent. But that'll take some time. That'll in, that'll improve at some point. But. I mean, his, his, he was mainly advertised as a defender, as I said, coming out of Baylor. And he was good as a defender, but he wasn't incredible. But I think that he'll become really, really good once he has more experience against NBA offenses. That's just how it goes. Players become better against NBA defenses as time goes on, and better and players become better against NBA offenses as time goes on. It just takes a little bit of adjusting. I think Sohan will be fine. I think he'll adjust well. Malachi Branham, he looked good as well this year. He was another pretty solid... Pretty solid player for the Spurs. He averaged about 10 and 3 rebounds. 
and he shot the ball 44% from the field. Not not a bad year for Malachi Branham. He does need to develop some parts of his game outside of scoring, such as rebounds, assists, and defense. Blake Wesley, on the other hand, he was he was not great this season. He, uh, there's no way around putting it. He was he was not very good. They only played him 37 games. He averaged five. He does pass the ball a little bit better than Branham. He he, he averaged three assists a game, and he shot the ball better from three at 38.5%. So. Not a terrible year for Blake Wesley, but I don't think he's as solidified as a piece as Malachi Branham might be. And those are the rookies. Like I said, Sohan looks good. Branham looks good. Wesley, you might need a little more time with. And maybe you should, with Victor, maybe you should work to get a trade, including some of your other guys, some of your older guys, such as Doug McDermott, who's making a ton of money. He's making $14 million, which you don't want for Doug McDermott. Person. I mean, you just don't want that. Devontae Graham's there. He's making $12 million. Not great. Zach Collins. All these guys are a little bit older. Maybe you want to package these guys in for younger pieces or second-round picks. And maybe you can sort of get more established players. You can even package, like, let's let's just say you wanted to get a chance to go get a really solid point guard or something. And you say, hey, we'll give you Malachi Branham and Doug McDermott. That's not a bad package. I don't think they would do that, but that is not a bad package. Otherwise, you can get some younger guys, some second-round picks, and maybe that would limit how good you are. I know that's sounding wrong, but I don't think San Antonio is ready to compete. I think they, I think they need another really good young piece. So maybe you package some of your better older guys or some younger pieces. Either one, give them a chance to develop, or two, be, be, be just a little bit worse so you have better lottery odds next year. So where you can get another really, really good piece that can become another guy that fits in well with this team that San Antonio was trying to build. So that's most of the points that I wanted to cover and recap. The main offseason priorities include bringing Trey Jones back. He's a restricted free agent. That should be your number one priority because he was very good this season. I don't know how many years you want to offer him, maybe three, maybe four. I think either one of those would be a solid type of length of a contract for Trey Jones. I don't think he's a long-term point guard. I think he's maybe a long-term backup because his brother's really good as a backup. But I, I, I think he'd be better as a backup. But he's done well in a starting role. He will suffice. It, w- it will be fine. And then you need to decide which other guys, which of your other free agents, if any, to bring back. Because you have, as I said, you have Mamu, Romeo Langford, Keita Bates-Diop, and Gorgie Zhang. You need to decide which of those guys you want to bring back. Like I said, if any, then you need to decide how or if you want to use your cap space this offseason, next offseason. I think you had to use it at some point. And then you need to continue developing your younger pieces, such as Sohan and Branham. And they need to, uh, the Spurs need to invest in some of their best players, such as Kelden and Vassell. I think those are the guys on the current, out of all the guys on the current roster, those are the two you're like. Okay, we've seen some really good signs out of these guys. These are the two guys that we feel confident about, that we feel comfortable with long-term. These are the guys that we're going to build around, that we're going to, you know, have it long-term in hopes of a championship run. Maybe these guys will be important pieces. And you need to work to develop those two guys into good players, as I said, who can be part of a championship roster. Since, you know, those two guys, as I said, are the best players on the current roster. And when you add Victor, obviously those guys are going to be secondary and tertiary options, but that's going to be fine. 
And then you need to, uh, I, I think that a really important offseason priority should be getting Devin Vassell a contract. Devin Vassell, I think, needs a contract to uh, secure some of these longer-term pieces. Like I said, you've already secured Kellen Johnson. He's in for four more years. You secure Devin Vassell, and you're chilling. You're absolutely chilling. I think you get him a contract extension as soon as you can. And like I said, I don't know the money. Probably around $20 million. That will be my guess. And, I mean, if you can lock him up, then you've got your your core three guys, Victor, Vassell, and Kelton, all secured up long-term. And then the last thing, by earning your, the right to draft Victor, I mean, literally all the Spurs have to do is work on the rest of the roster in order to give Victor the best chance of success, stardom, to get the team the best chance to get the championship. Because you already have your superstar player. And once you get that superstar player, it could be bad because you won't be able to draft any other guys probably. But once you get that superstar, all you got to do is build around him. That's all you have to do. It's obviously easier said than done. But still, that's all the Spurs need to do. And if they can do that, they're going to be, you know, once again, a powerhouse, not only in the Western Conference, in the entire NBA. And that is going to do it for this Spurs offseason guide. If y'all did enjoy it, make sure you do leave a comment or like or However you show support on whatever you're listening on, make sure y'all do go do that. I really appreciate it when you guys do that. And like I said, tomorrow I'll probably be back with a Houston Rockets offseason guide, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, I'm out.